Hey there, all you vigilant souls and truth guardians. It's your band leader, Horace Morris, here to share a somber reflection from the heart of the Merkle Treehouse. Today, on this melancholic Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, I can't help but be moved by the shadow of war. In a world where the echoes of conflict and the drumbeats of division can cast a dark cloud over our collective soul, it's crucial to confront the harsh reality of the atrocities of war. We can't turn a blind eye to the pain, the suffering, and the irrevocable loss that it brings. It's a chilling reminder that we must arm ourselves against the propaganda from any side. Let's not jump to conclusions, but rather, let's seek the truth, my friends. We can all agree that war is heinous, and it's essential to be the light in the midst of the darkness, to question, to seek, and to be the guardians of soundness. Let's also remember that fiat money incentivizes war. The endless printing of money often leads to infinite conflict. It's a stark reminder that we must break free from this cycle of destruction. And now, it's time to pass the torch to the luminary, the guardian of soundness, the groovy chick who's gonna keep the vibe alive, the incredible, the beacon of truth, Ms. Audrey Merkel. Ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves in a world where war is a monstrous presence. It's important to brace ourselves for days that may bring unsettling, horrifying, and infuriating news. Remember, war is a grim and unpleasant affair. Let's hope for the wisdom of cooler heads and strive to keep our hearts free from hate and hold tight to the ones you love. Now, let's dive into the Sam Bankman Freed trial. This week, Caroline Ellison, SBF's on-again, off-again girlfriend and CEO of Alameda, took the stand. She revealed an interesting tidbit. SBF believed he had a 5% chance of becoming the President of the United States one day. Award-winning journalist and presidential candidate Morton Anger is here with us, and I'm sure he's got some thoughts on this revelation. Morton, what's stirring in your mind? Ladies and gentlemen, today we've got a tale that leaves me shaking my head once again reminding us that the road to the presidency is a path fraught with absurdity. In this week's courtroom drama, we learned that Sam Bankman-Fried, the now-disgraced crypto executive, believed he had a whopping 5% chance of becoming president one day. That's right, folks, not 50%, not 25%, but a measly 5%. But here's the kicker. He believed it was even possible. Frankly, I wouldn't trust this guy with my grocery list, let alone the nuclear codes. Now hold your horses, because this isn't just a story about one man's delusions of grandeur. We have a myriad of presidential hopefuls out there, parading around with empty promises, polished speeches, and carefully tailored sound bites. But here's the cold, hard truth. None of them are the real deal. That's right, folks. I'm looking at you, Democrats and Republicans alike. You see, we're in the era of spectacle politics, where showmanship trumps substance, and the real issues are buried under heaps of rhetoric and partisan nonsense. It's all about who can yell the loudest, who can grab the most attention, and who can make the grandest promises without any intent of keeping them. It's like a never-ending reality TV show, and our future hangs in the balance. But hey, I'm not here to wallow in despair. I'm here to remind you that there's a beacon of hope, a true contender who's not part of the circus but intends to break that circus down. Yours truly, Morton Anger, is here to offer an alternative, 
a genuine, honest, and common-sense candidacy. I'm not claiming a 5% chance of success. No, ladies and gentlemen, I have a 100% chance of winning. Why? Because I'm not in this for the power or the prestige. I'm in it for you, the people. My presidency isn't about promising the world and delivering nothing. It's about rolling up our sleeves and addressing the real problems that affect everyday citizens. So as we shake our heads at Sam Bankman-Fried's 5% presidential dreams, let's remember that it's not just him. It's the entire system that's in need of a reality check. It's time to put an end to the political theater and bring some genuine down-to-earth leadership to the forefront. Remember, a 100% chance of winning sounds a lot better than 5%. And with your support, together, we can make it happen. Visit isupportmort.com for more information. And hey, I'm looking for a running mate, and that could be you. God bless America. Thank you, Morton. And now, ladies and gentlemen, kick back and relax for Chapter 5 in Pinto Pete's Block Size War. Chapter 5, The Hong Kong Roundtable You see, back in February 2016, there was quite a dust-up. Some of the miners, they were mighty keen on a hard fork. They even threatened to mosey on over to something they called Bitcoin Classic. Now that got the folks from the core developers all riled up, and they decided to have themselves a good old chinwag with them Chinese miners. They met up in Hong Kong for a roundtable discussion. The Chinese miners, primarily favoring a hard fork for a 2 megabyte block size increase, were gathered in Hong Kong. Here, a group of core developers had assembled with the intention of not only sharing insights about Bitcoin, but also engaging in constructive dialogue with the mining community. Their goal, to dissuade the miners from adopting Bitcoin Classic, a contentious alternative client. Among the dedicated developers participating in this crucial discussion, were notable figures such as Adam Back, Corey Fields, who had previously collaborated with Gavin Andreessen at the Bitcoin Foundation, Johnson Lau, a developer based in Hong Kong and a co-author of Segwit, and Luke Dash Jr. In the midst of the Chinese mining representatives, the co-founders of Bitmain, Jihan Wu and Mikri Zhan, were in attendance. Tensions ran high, and Jihan Wu, in particular, was visibly agitated. This gathering held the key to the future of Bitcoin's scalability, and the stakes couldn't be higher. We are going to support Classic. Core will do a hard fork, or we will leave Core. Relax, Jihan. Anger is a double-edged sword. If Bitcoin Core wants to be part of Bitcoin, it needs to do this hard fork. Bitcoin is ready for 2 megabyte blocks. Jihan, Segwit is already an increase to 2 megabytes, and Bitcoin Core is working on Segwit. Why risk a hard fork? No, we need hard fork to 2 megabyte, not SegWit. But a hard fork could be dangerous and cause confusion as to the real blockchain. Transactions may be disrupted. But perhaps it will not be so bad. The longest mined chain will be Bitcoin. And the other? It dies. All I know is this uncertainty over Bitcoin Classic is not good for the price of Bitcoin. 
That is a powerful observation. An agreement tonight holds the potential to bring profound tranquility to the market. Whilst they were haggling, they decided it was high time to come up with some kind of agreement. But now you see, that don't sound much like the Bitcoin way, does it? Just 50 or so folks making a deal in some back room for the whole darn community? But they kept on haggling, that's for sure. Now that discussion dragged on into the wee hours of the morning. Everyone in that room was plumb tired, angry as a hornet, and stressed like a snake in a rabbit hole. It was the perfect recipe for poor decisions, I'll tell you. There was this feeling hanging in the air, like they just had to agree on something. Frustration was piling up like firewood, and eventually, around five in the morning, they all just kind of gave in. They agreed on some text, but I'll be darned if anyone was truly happy about it. In fact, almost everyone had their beef with some part of it, but by that time, well, it seemed like nobody had the gumption to keep arguing. We will continue to work with the entire Bitcoin protocol development community to develop, in public, a safe hard fork based on the improvements in SegWit. The Bitcoin Core contributors present at the Bitcoin Roundtable will have an implementation of such a hard fork available as a recommendation to Bitcoin Core within three months after the release of SegWit. Hong Kong Agreement February 21, 2016 the agreement brokered in this pivotal meeting held something of value for all sides. It underscored a critical condition, that the hard fork would solely proceed with broad support across the entire Bitcoin community. This stipulation provided a persuasive argument for the small blockers, reinforcing their contention that they were not committing to a hard fork. Instead, the decision rested with the community, aligning with their long-held stance. For the miners who affixed their signatures to this agreement, it meant they were pledging to exclusively operate consensus systems that were compatible with Bitcoin Core, effectively putting an end to the Bitcoin Classic alternative. This marked a significant win for the small blockers. It was, in their perspective, averted crisis. However, for the large blockers at the meeting, this agreement held a promise. Developers had committed to crafting code for a hard fork, a move the miners believed they would eventually implement, thus paving the way for the hard fork to occur. But that crafty Jihan Wu had insisted on some specific language. The language goes like this. We will run a SegWit release in production by the time such a hard fork is released in a version of Bitcoin Core. To him, it signified that SegWit wouldn't come into play until that Bitcoin Core hard fork made its grand entrance. Even if the agreement stated that the SegWit code would hit the scene three months before the hard fork code, Jihan had his own plans. He intended to bide his time those three months before even thinking about firing up that SegWit code. He was reserving SegWit like a wise gambler holding an ace up his sleeve for a Texas Hold'em showdown. If there wasn't a hard fork code, you can bet your bottom dollar he was going to play that ace. After the agreement's signing and release, the task of convincing their respective communities to support it proved challenging. Large blockers, especially miners, were seen by some as having capitulated, abandoning Bitcoin Classic for Bitcoin Core, causing distrust. Small blockers were equally unhappy with the agreement, and the divide persisted. In the 
It's just that a couple of well-meaning dipshits went to China a few months back to learn and educate about the issues and managed to let themselves get locked in a room until 3 to 4 a.m. until they would personally agree to propose some hard fork after Segwit. They're now struggling to accomplish the seemingly impossible task of upholding their agreement, even though it was made under duress and even though F2 Pool immediately violated it, while obeying their personal convictions and without losing the respect of the technical community. Gregory Maxwell. Bitcointalk.org Forum, May 13th, 2016. The agreement, rather than resolving the protracted conflict, exacerbated the climate of mistrust that had permeated the Bitcoin community. It became a point of contention, with each side interpreting it differently, enabling them to point fingers at their adversaries, accusing them of violating its terms. This divergence in understanding and the ensuing accusations further fueled the flames of the block size war, leaving the Bitcoin ecosystem in a state of profound division and uncertainty. Some Bitcoiners might look back on the Hong Kong agreement with a hint of embarrassment and call it a mistake, but I reckon sometimes you gotta make a deal with the devil to keep the fire at bay. It might have just saved us from tumbling into the abyss. Bitcoin Classic was gaining steam faster than a prairie fire in a dry season. All the big guns in the industry were rallying behind it and the miners they were edging real close to hitching their wagon to it. But just when things were about to go south, the Hong Kong agreement rode into town like the Lone Ranger and pulled us back from the brink. It might not have been pretty, but it was the dam that held back the floodwaters. As the Bitcoin Classic crisis teetered on the edge of resolution, Gavin Andreessen unleashed a bombshell on the community. I believe Craig Stephen Wright is the person who invented Bitcoin. Gavin Andreessen, a blog post. May 2nd, 2016. Fake Toshi enters the war. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for Chapter 6. Before we go, a final thought, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't make this stuff up. Sam Bankman-Fried's delusion about becoming president is patently laughable. This criminal mastermind stole from his clients to bribe politicians. He was on a mission to gain political influence while stealing from those who supported him. On second thought, maybe he fits right in with all the criminal politicians that pretend to represent us. And with that, Episode 66 comes to a close. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the absolute best in Bitcoin Mindshare. In the meantime, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the real Horace Morris and his genuine Merkle Treehouse Band. Hey, Vinny the Sales Guy here. If you like what you hear, please share our content. My wife and myself and all our many young children thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Grazie mille, my very good friends. Thank you.